Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Leah from Fitness at the Farm in Oxfordshire, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Miss Leah. How are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really well, thank you. I'm very excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do at your business, which I think your model is pretty unique. So I'm excited for you to share um, with us today. But before we really dive into the business side, give me a very brief backstory. Leah, what was it that made you decide to open up this fitness business? Gosh, well, I was working, um, I actually worked in marketing for about eight years um, and was fine was I quite enjoyed my job it was great I worked for an academic publisher um and so a lot of the journals that I would publish and work on and work with the authors did a lot of sports science I was on that that was my responsibility and I would go to all these amazing conferences in the sports field and it just really drove me to want to learn more um and do a bit more studying so I did a master's in nutrition and physical activity and public health um, while I was still working and then when I finished that I, a few people had sort of mentioned, I used to, you know, I used to do triathlons. Um, I was quite into fitness before that throughout my twenties. And so people would often say, you know what, you'd make quite a good personal trainer. And enough people then said it that I was like, okay, fine. I will do my training. And so I did, I got my personal training qualification and had finished my master's and and didn't really know what I was going to go into, but, um, my love of outdoor exercise, um, I live on this beautiful farm in Oxfordshire, so lucky to have all this space. And I would run around the farm and um, I would use whatever bits and things I could find. Um, there are a lot of tires, a lot of um, um, rocks and even stuff like that to use as weights. I did improvise quite a lot and I was having a bit of fun with it. And so once I did my training, I thought, oh, this might be quite a good concept to get other people on board and bring them here, use this space. Um, Cause I didn't really want to go into a gym environment um I'd, I'd sort of fallen out of love with gyms um having having done my own training outdoors so I yeah I set up my outdoor group exercise classes and it just started with one a week and I did my personal training as well there and then it grew from there sort of slowly slowly after about a year I had the timetable that I sort of have now which is about 10 classes a week and I do a lot of things myself I do circuit classes um, I've got someone else that does boxercise. I've got um, other people in doing yoga, Pilates and bar. And yeah, it's grown from there. It started with just a few tires in a field. And now I've got my beautiful big teepee that gives us lovely shelter from the elements when they do get too much sometimes. And um, yeah, it's all sort of giant tractor tires to jump on and flip and pull stuff with ropes and run up and down dragging tires behind you. It's a lot of tires. Um, and yeah, we have a really fun time and I've built a really nice community here with it now. I love that. I was going to ask you next to give us your elevator pitch, but you, you just did, <laughs> um, you just sold us on it. And I love that. I think that, like I said earlier, I think your model is pretty unique. It's not very often that I, you know, hear somebody running a fully functional group fitness on a farm um and so props to you for like really building that out and you know it was something that you were doing and you're like oh why don't I help other people you know get healthy 
um, and find you know, the sustainable kind of lifestyle, health and fitness through the farm. Um, yeah. So now you're doing group classes. Is there any personal training in that element at all? Like, is that an offering that you have? Yes. So I still do my own personal training within that. Um, I did have a lot of PT clients, especially over the pandemic when we were limited to just one-on-one -on -one contact. Um, and that got a little bit overwhelming. It was, it was just um, my entire, I couldn't do my group classes. I was doing some online, but my whole day was taken up with one-to-ones, which was great. And it was really wonderful that my clients could still get out and work, you know, have a workout. But um now I've learned to manage my time so I don't burn myself out. And um, yeah, so the group classes for me is what I always wanted to make my priority. And now I've got a really lovely amount of PT clients that I fit in between that. I also do, um, I've only got one at the moment, a small group training class um, with just five people. So we can focus more on um, sort of learning skills and techniques and making sure people um, know how to take, you know, in circuits classes, you can do as much or as little as you want, but sometimes if you don't have that training, it's difficult to progress um, when, because, you know, a lot of people in class and I try and give people attention, but it's not that one-to-one. -one. So in this small group, I can really teach people skills that they can then take into the other classes and build on as well, like lifting and things in a safe way. Yeah, I like the semi-private model because unlike the one-on-one, -on -one, it allows us to fit more than one person in in an hour, but mm -hmm. it's still giving people that kind of one-on-one -on -one attention that they would desire, you know, yeah. more than a group class. Um, and it's good for people who are maybe new to the, the health and fitness world, if yeah. they can have that one-on-one, -on -one, but still be alongside a group of their friends or a group of women with similar goals to them um it's it's more motivating um okay so you know you're doing you know about 10 classes per week you do a little bit of pt you have that one small group class how many clients or how many members would you say are a part of fitness at the farm so last year i had about 65 members when i was at my capacity um some i had half of those were full members and they could have unlimited access to classes um, and half of them were on what I had like a five classes a month thing, which was good. And people really enjoyed that, but I, it was the admin around it was difficult and not everyone was able to use them. And, it's, and then also I changed my pricing structure a bit because everything's gone up in price. So I did have to up mine after four years of remaining steady, I did put my prices up a bit. So I decided I wouldn't have that, but instead I have um, bulk buy options. So people can buy five classes, 10 classes or 15 classes in bulk buy and they reduce in price. And that way they can use them over however long they like. So they weren't paying monthly for five classes and maybe only using three. Now they can buy five classes and it, you know they can use them whenever they like or 15 or whatever. And if they find then that they're using 10 classes a month, that's when they're like, okay, I'm going to join the, the membership and I'll have unlimited. So anyone who was on that scheme is basically doing the bulk buy now. So I've probably got 30, 30 odd full members, but then still retained another 30 to 40 on that bulk buy. And then people pay as they go as well. So I have people who drop in. So I've got a good sort of hundred plus people or not, you know, not everyone's too regular. Some people drop in and out. Um, but yeah, it's a good amount to make sure that all classes um have a nice amount you know they go up and down it's summer at the moment so classes are a bit all over the place sometimes they'll be huge and other times they'll be pretty bare but 
I think come September again, people will start, um, they'll start building up. Um, but yeah, it's a nice, it's, it's, you know, it, I'm in my fifth year now and it has taken, probably took three years before I felt like every class was worthwhile. You know, you, you, I kept adding classes to my timetable and, and that can always be a bit scary. And sometimes you'd have just one or two people turn up to class and you're like, is there any point in me doing this? But for me, you know, I have my space here. I'm not, I don't have as many overheads as a gym would have, which is great. So I could take that risk. And, you know, it's a lot of it is just my time and my, a few resources that I need to pay for. So I didn't mind putting in the, putting in the months of, you know, pushing those sort of timings and classes until they have built up. And now they're all, you know, pretty, not at capacity, but they're nicely, nicely full. And yeah, and I'll just keep adding as and when, you know, the, the, the numbers grow really. But then okay. at the moment. I like that. With the class pack thing, you know, how you're offering these bulk, I guess you call them like bulk packs. Yeah. Um, do they expire or like how does that work? Before, when I had the uh unlimited membership and the five class membership, I had them as an option, but they would expire after like six months or something, I remember having. But then I just decided, no, I don't I don't care. You can buy it and you can take a year to use it if you want. Because I don't really like putting that pressure on people. I want basically the, the, the whole concept, my membership and my bulk buy is just to make classes more affordable for people. Um, I don't want people to feel like they've spent a load of money and then wasted it because something cropped up and it meant that, you know, they, they weren't able to come. Because that's what happens. People get into something and they're like, right, I love this. I'm going to come. I'm going to come five times a week. And they might do that for a week. And then obviously that's not very sustainable. So they'll suddenly stop coming for a bit and it can be, it can again, just make people feel a little bit uh, guilty around things. And I just want people to feel more relaxed around fitness at the farm is all about sort of taking a more relaxed approach to exercise, just making people enjoy it and find, find the joy in movement and not, not sort of treat it as a chore, treat it as something they want to be doing. It's them. You know, a lot of my clients, it's the only time in the day that's their time. You know, they have stressful jobs. They've got, big families and responsibilities there and for them just to come out and especially being outdoors if you get outdoors the you know mindfulness that it gives you it's um it's great for self-esteem it's great for just losing yourself it's a very lovely environment that you've got there even if it's raining um or cold you know it's still a really wonderful place for people to just de-stress um so it's you know it, being outdoors not even doing exercise has proven to lower cortisol and reduce stress so doing exercise on top of that is um is super beneficial for people so i just want people to come back and like coming back yeah so my my take on the punch we call them over here like i think at my gym we call it a punch pass um but like a bulk pass or a bulk buy like the reason why I don't like them is because we're only getting paid from it one time. And hypothetically, like we're that client could come in once and then like never come again if they didn't want to, which in that sense, I feel like kind of doing a disservice to our client because there's nothing holding them like, like holding them motivated to come back. And yeah. for many yeah. people, like, like you said, for many people, this is probably the one hour that they get to leave their house a day. Um, yeah. and, and if we're trying to teach like this sustainable kind of healthy lifestyle, we want to make sure that as business owners, we're doing our part to get them in, even if it is just once a week or yeah. once every other week. And with a class pack, like there's no 
kind of layout there as to when they can use the classes. And so that's why like, it's tricky. Yes, I understand why you're doing it because people, things happen. Yeah. People go places, um, people have kids. I, I for one can attest to that. Like if my son is in a bad mood, well, I'm not going to the gym, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like a business standpoint, it's not the best for, for us. And I think sometimes it's okay for us to be a little bit selfish with the, I guess, the unlimited pack. How does that work? Is it a monthly auto bill or do they have to come to you to renew each month? No, it's just an auto. Um, yeah, as soon as you buy it, you you pay up front and automatically renews every month. Um, and you can cancel it whenever you like. And um, yeah, so I don't have like a joining fee or a cancellation fee or anything like that. Because again, I just want I want people to. Um, I know it's not it's not the best business model, but it's what I think is best for my clients. Um, and it does mean that people, and I, and you can put it on pause as well. You can pause nice. your subscription. Um, so if you are away for a few months or whatever. Um, yeah. So, but I, I totally get what you mean about it because people need accountability. That's, that is that's what, big, that's, a that's big our job basically. Yeah. Like I swear 90% of my job as a personal trainer, say people coming to me one-to-one -one is they just want someone holding them accountable. I have my own personal trainer because I know that I don't take the time out of my day to do my own training. But if I have lovely Jenny who trains me and my husband once a week, that's great. That's our time that we know at least once a week, we're going to get like a real, really intense workout. And around that, I can do my own strength and my own running and a bit of yoga, whatever I want to do. But it is that accountability of having someone there. And you're right with the bulk bypass, you can sort of, oh, oh yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, so yeah, um, but I can't, so, you know, I've got everyone's info and I do send emails to people occasionally saying, you know, oh, we missed you, you, you know, just a little, little nudges here and there just to say, you know, we're still here. Here's what we're offering. Um, yeah. So try and do again, my, um, my admin is quite terrible, but, um, I was telling you before we started that I've now chiseled out time in the week on a Thursday to do all of my work on other projects and, and, and admin, because otherwise I never get to sit down and properly, you know, do, do big things. So, um, that's something I want to work more on is, is communicating more with my existing clients because they're amazing and I love keeping them. And I've got people I know who have just, you know, I see less and less of sometimes, and that could be summer. It could be whatever. It could be school time. I don't have kids, so I'm never on top of whenever the school terms are, but suddenly I'm like, what's going on? Where is everyone? Oh, it's half term. So everyone's with the kids. Um, so yeah, it's good to just little nudge little email little hi and that's and that's the personal touch that I really like about my business I it is just me it, well it's not just me I've got my lovely instructors who do come and do other classes but they don't work for fitness at the farm they are freelance and so you know running this joint is all down to me and I let a lot of stuff slide because I get busy because <laughs> I'm out in a field most of the day yeah, it's, it's hard. I think, you know, you are a fitness professional, that's for sure. But when it comes to the back end business side of things, like most of us are still figuring all of that out. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's really, you know, it's hard to find like the systems needed to, to be able to kind of get things in place um, and figure it all out. What will work for your business? If you were to kind of have, you know, more systems in place that allowed you to not spend as much time 
focusing on those things if it were if they were able to kind of operate on their own is that something that you feel like could be beneficial for you yeah I'd like for me it's communication I don't feel I communicate enough with my clients um I'm terrible at um sending regular sort of email communications and also since GDBR came in it's getting people to there are so many of my clients I'll I'll, I'll talk at the end of sessions when we're all doing a, a nice stretch I say oh, okay I've sent an email out about this and that and whatever events coming up and I'll be like, anyone not on the mailing list? And loads of people be like, oh, I don't think I am. And it's because you, you have to opt in. The button's always there every time they check out and like book a class. But a lot of people just don't sign up to it. So I could be a little bit more proactive at getting people to make sure they're on my mailing list. I have got it on my website, so they can just go and join it very easily. But um, yeah, and and yeah, just sending regular comms. Sometimes I'll send sort of three in a week and then they won't hear from me for a month because it's, you know, just just time management and um yeah i you know as i said i worked for eight years in marketing not very good at doing it for myself was very good at doing it for other people but when it's your own business it's hard it's really hard work to find that time and and strategize and stick to those strategies i'm very ad hoc with it yeah i think that marketing for the fitness industry is very different anyway so you know even if you were still in the marketing field and you were trying to market for a gym or mm -hmm. a fitness business, it's different because people are not, you know, motivated to just see an ad of somebody working out and then click on it and decide to, to join a gym or to come back to the gym. Like it has to be really enticing. Most people are not, you know, motivated to get up and work out in the morning. Maybe you and I are, but the everyday person is not. So um, kind of looking at the at the marketing side of things, um, you have to be very strategic with your approach. Um, are you in a position right now where you would like to take on more clients or are you kind of capped out where you're at? Yeah, I think we could, no, I could definitely take on some more members, class capacity. I have limited it a little bit more than I did last year. Um, post, was it last year? No, 2020, when we came out of lockdown our first lockdown in the UK, we had like several, it all got very confusing. Um, we had tier systems and every different place had, you could sometimes be with five people, sometimes it was fine. But at some stages I could have, you know, pretty much unlimited size classes. So I limited that to 30 because, you know, when it's just one instructor, I, I felt that 30, you know, classes with 30 were the max I could handle and give people some attention. Um, I've limited that out to 20 because numbers have dropped a bit anyway. So it's not like I'm cutting people off. Um, I was maxing out at 30 last year and um, the year before, but I think that was quite a special sort of time. It was people being like, oh, I need to get outdoors. I want to, I want to, you know, get away from my house and, and gyms weren't as, as accessible as, um, as mine was because I was outdoors. I was allowed a lot more lenience. So they were capping out quite, quite well. And now it's just sort of come back down a bit and plateaued in a nice way. And that's great. So I'm maxing out my classes at 20, but there's still, there's still wiggle room to make them bigger. And also I know I can add some more classes um, to my schedule. I'm bringing other instructors as well to add more. So I definitely do want to grow my client base some, you know, a bit more. Um, I could, I could probably have another 30 odd regular members and, and that's still then you know they'll still be able to book onto classes and, and find space and stuff so that would be good 
how do you find your members? Like, what would you say you're going to do to aid that kind of growth process? Because I think that's, you know, probably pretty unique for you. A lot of people are really utilizing um, social media, things like that to find new clients. But where would you say most of your clients come from? Um, so I'm really bad on social media. I just don't like it very much. I'm on Instagram and I'm terrible at that. Um, LinkedIn is something I've forgot even existed. Um, and Facebook is just a toxic wasteland. So I just avoid it really. But I know I should be on there a bit more and I can, if I have events coming up, I try and boost them on there a bit and spend a bit of money for it on them. But really my, the best, um, way I get, um, new clients is word of mouth. It's, I am a local business. People aren't going to come that far to come to me. You're going to drive maybe 30 minutes to get here. Maximum. Most people within sort of, or, or it's on your way to work. Um, a really great way that people find me. I have, we're on our main, quite a main road. I've got some lovely, beautiful signs, um, like wooden signs on the entrance to the farm that say fitness, the farm group exercise classes. So people, so many people have joined like i've been driving past you for a whole year i've been thinking about coming to a class and i finally have and so that's great and that's kind of one of those drip feed marketing tactics you know it's not something that's going to get someone straight away but they'll see it often enough that it that it leads to it but word of mouth is great i also do um on a on like the first saturday of the month after my morning class i have a free taster session for people and i have not marketed it really at all but every single class seems to get booked so i just limit it to 10 people and it always seems to get booked up it's free so sometimes you know 10 people book on and three come and that's fine but so many people have come to those classes and then gone on to be members or, or just regular clients or bulk board or something like that so they're really great ways so i i do think i can do more um but also i do quite regular well i say regular i haven't done many this year but i do um events and things so half day retreats i collaborate with other people get a bit of yoga and get a bit of something into to get people in so sometimes i get new people in that way um last night we just started a a little course of pilates and um there were quite a few new faces there so they're seeing the site they're doing a nice pilates class but they might think oh okay that'll be great to come to um circuits and try other classes um and i do an annual festival now i say I do it i've done it for the last two years and that's a really great way to bring in um i mean the aim of that was to showcase just local fitness businesses not just my own but again it's a great way to get people who've never been here onto the site see the you know gorgeousness of the farm and think this is a great place to work out i'll come along and try something so it is quite it's sort of collaboration exposure in those other ways um I, I i like sort of try and network a bit i go to local events i've given talks at various networking events and things like that as well um so that's a really great way to meet people so networking really works for me um yeah so i just find marketing in the social media way it's good it's good to have a presence so i do have a semi-regular presence um but i've just yeah just being being a bit uh, known in the community really that's how that's how i've really made myself known so people know the name of the farm now people i've never met before go oh fitness farm yeah i know that great so yeah that's, that's a really great way i think that that definitely helps um you know you have to do a lot of this we call it like guerrilla marketing networking with like people in the community that all helps your signage um you referrals word of mouth that's all going to help us grow it sounds like you're not really in the position right now to 
like necessarily need new members. Like you're fine the way that you are. You can yeah. take more members if you want to. And so it doesn't sound like you really are in the need to kind of dive into the, you know, marketing side too much more. I mean, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely feel sorry. I could do more, but I think it's more, uh, it's just being a bit more consistent would help trickle in those extra members that would just be nice and beneficial and just just you know up that bottom line every month a little bit just um making ticking over the turnover a bit more but yeah as you said i'm happy my capacity's not reached but it's definitely it's all manageable and it's nice and i i mean i definitely lost a couple of really regular members over the last couple of years because my classes got too big and they found it too much. They they loved coming. They were coming really regularly and, and consistently. And then obviously lockdown happened. So they weren't coming for that. And then when they did come back, it was a little bit overwhelming because there were so many people. And, you know, it's a tumultuous time. So I didn't, so that kind of forced people away. So I, I did realize from that, I was like, mm, yeah, I think the personal touch, I think having a little bit more intimate and having them have more time with me not just me but you know other the other instructors and stuff right. is is a good thing yep for sure now i want to make sure we have some time here leah to kind of share your goals and your vision so if i could hand you a magic wand all your goals and dreams for fitness at the farm have come true you know what would that picture look like for you um so right you know keeping the classes going as they are but maybe but building that timetable I, i'd quite like to have maybe a couple extra instructors not I don't and again I love how I do it now with freelancers I don't I don't need a big team that I manage it's just people who want to come in other people maybe who want to run classes just so that my members and my regular clients get more of an offering different sort of types of of fitness you know different different approaches so that could get a little bit bigger not too big but like you know maybe get up to 20 classes a week or something and then in that case, I'd need to maybe double my membership and double the or double my overall quantity, but that's fine. That's all manageable. But also, I um, next year I'm going to be putting on some like weekend retreats. Um, you know, try and do about six next year, and that's going to be um, getting people staying maybe Friday to Sunday and doing a whole mixture of nutrition, fitness, movement, yoga creativity as well basically the aim of those is to get people to um get to know their body a little bit more which sounds a little bit woo woo but what i mean by that is sort of not approach fitness from a negative concept like it's something they have to do to punish themselves or to to change themselves in any way but appreciate their bodies for what they are these amazing things and just realize how how strong they can be like how capable they can be and how nice movement can feel like how fun it can be um and also teach a little bit about um yeah as i said nutrition and we can just do creative stuff as well just to build people's confidence it's all about building self-esteem a lot of the time but that's kind of my one of my key things i want to do in my business is just build people's self-esteem i do see people come to me feeling so small in themselves you know they feel like they're not fit they're overweight they're this they're that and it's this such a horrible mindset that they have been taught not themselves it's like society puts that on them and I'm not there to be like, right, well, let's let's get you coming six times a week and lose those away and do this. I'm like, look, you are beautiful the way you are. 
what I'm going to do is show you how great you are. Let's lift, let's move, let's do lots of fun stuff. And it's going to build your self-confidence. And that's the approach I take. So those retreats kind of are going to encompass all that. And, um, and yeah, I run an annual festival for, I have done that for the last two years, as I said. So making that a little bit bigger, making that quite, maybe put that on the map a little bit. So maybe in five years time, people are like, oh yes, Fit Farm Festival. I need to, I don't know, it'll be the next Glastonbury, who knows, but for fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, what's your plan to kind of get the word out for the retreat and for the festival? Like how are people going to know about these things? So that's, yeah, that's what I need to work on over the winter. And for me, I think the best way of getting it out there is through PR rather than sort of like um, digital marketing, which will definitely play a part. I want to try and get, um, yeah, um, some key newspapers, some publications, some, yeah, like online mags, like get it, get all that public relations up there so people are aware that this is something new it's kind of like the anti-retreat retreat we're not here to cleanse you we're not detoxing because that's not a thing um i i'm here to what's the opposite of detox i'm here to make you feel great again um and yeah so i want to kind of get that out there in just sort of people's psyche a little bit more so that will be obviously getting getting some social media um, going, but I think, yeah, trying to get in some key publications and getting people talking about it um, and spreading word. Because obviously, all the stuff I do right now is local, but these retreats, I can have anyone in the country or even abroad come for these. Um, so, yeah, because you'd stay the whole weekend, there'll be accommodation and things as well, and food, and it'll be catered. So, yeah, that's the aim. Don't know how I'm going to do it yet, though. <laughs> Well, it's a good vision. I think that it's a great idea. And I think um, people will like really, really um, take a lot from that. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like, hey, how are we going to kind of get the word out um, yeah. in regards to this? So I appreciate you for sharing that with us, for sharing your insight today. And, you know, just hearing about your business model has been a lot of fun. Um, Leah, it was a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Faye Walton with Psyched out of the UK. Faye, what is going on? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Happy to be here. Hi, everyone. We appreciate you being here, Faye. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, I think we're definitely ready to dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Psyched. But, you know, first... We want to kind of take a step back here and give the viewers a little perspective, right? So, Faye, 
Uh, in your own words here, how would you describe Psyched and what you guys do? Okay, so we're a boutique fitness studio. Uh, we're based out of a, a suburb, Hazelmere in Surrey. So we're about an hour out of London. So we're not in the in the city, but we're out in the town. Um, I one of the, the the main reasons for me setting up Psyched was because I wanted to bring that big city feel to to a small town where I'd moved to. So that was the sort of the the impetus of having um, the type of studio that I've got there, which you don't you know that there aren't so many of those around. They're cropping up a bit more, the boutiquey type studios. But I would always, when I moved out, I'd go into London to 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 get the classes that I wanted to go to. So um, that's why I, I set Psyched up as it is in Hazel. Um, we offer group exercise classes so we have a real variety of classes we our core is indoor cycling spinning we have hit classes we have um pilates yoga bar we have some dance so we have it all going on in there um, trying to give something for every for everyone we offer or we work on a, a sort of pay-as-you-go system we don't really have contracts so people can just drop in but we have a real focus on our community and just pulling everyone together getting everyone working out together um, really important for us um, and that's you know that's that's what keeps us going yeah i love that such a great explanation there Faye, and i appreciate the explanation and we'll start with the bare bones basics here, Faye. I mean, um, how many members are you serving currently? So we have we have a total to so our, our sort of um, uh, total lit marketing list, if you like, all the, the clients that we have total about 3,000. I would say of those at the moment, we've probably got 1,000 active. Um, you know, there has been a, a big drop off over recent times, but we're, we're seeing that start to increase again. So fairly big customer base. We've got quite a big reach in the area. We, we attract people from outside of, of where we are as well. So people do travel a bit of a destination. So yeah, I'd say, yeah, 3000 total, um, but, but active at the moment around the thousand mark. Nice. Nice. And so now for you, Faye. I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? Well, so it's a it's an interesting question because there are lots of ways that, that we try to do this, and um, there are sort of over the years of, we've we've tried very well many different ways of doing it. Really, I would say our biggest um, method is through word of mouth. Um, we we get a lot of, of customers that have been record clients that have been recommended by by existing people with it within the studio, which is always great. Obviously, then we get our reviews from people. They go up on the website. So when people are searching for boutique fitness in the area, we we pop up and we we get some traffic that way. Um, we've tried in the past you know, advertising in magazines or local publications that are put through people's doors. We've tried flyering. And a lot of these things are quite difficult to actually gauge numbers coming through from that particular ad. So we tried to, well, we did at one point go down the route of competitions where you can actually sort of see who's entering those competitions and see sort of how far that's, or how, what, what, what reach that's getting you. Um, but I would say, you know, our, our special offers, the events we put on, um, they, they're a big draw. We, we've got a big presence on the socials as well. So on our Instagram and Facebook. But I would say the majority of the, the customers come through word of mouth. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big, big asset to a lot of businesses, right? Word of mouth will, no matter how prominent technology gets, I think it will always be an asset, right? Cause it's somebody, you know, personally can recommend a service or, or something like your own facility here. And I think it kind of eliminates that trust factor, right? You walk in already trusting you as the gym owner, right? So if I was a potential member there, <clears throat> that'd definitely be like the easiest thing to kind of get over to, right? Um, and so now let me ask you this, Faye. I mean, you know, you're you're at a nice mark here with, with members, right? But let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, how much higher can you go from where you're at now? So again, it's difficult because we're because of where we're located, where we're in quite a, a, a small town. So you know, to, there's only so many people within that area. But even within our our location, I'm sure we could at least double the number of clients that come through the door. I and mean, we have slight limitations in that we have one main studio, so sort of square footage um, is isn't huge. So you know, that's gonna going to mean that we, we we have to sort of keep numbers to a certain amount but you know that's not to say site two isn't going to open down the line and you know there's there's room to build definitely within our area and our locality sort of all of the surrounding towns and villages too yeah so yeah i got gotcha. yeah uh, oops, sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead Faye. You <laughs> No, just absolutely. There's there's definitely potential. I mean, at least to double the, the numbers coming through. You know, there are lots of uh, we're thinking all the time of, of ways that we can draw more people in, um, you know, lots of local schools, groups, different things. We sort of get mail shots out to them to pass on to parents at schools or local businesses trying to get sort of certain classes at certain times that all of the local businesses could possibly pop to in their their lunch hour just approaching you know collaborating with with other businesses as well that's another good way that we've found that we can sort of draw from their client base and 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 get more people in i gotcha i gotcha yeah that's just great i think the the aspirations are, are as long as you have a goal right in mind in terms of like, let's say doubling here. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, right? If you know that you have a mark that you want to reach, it kind of helps in, in getting there. Cause you know that you need to hit that certain number, right. And whatever it's going to take you to kind of increase, it's like, okay, well, let's try different things until we figure that out. Um, which I think is great. I think it's great. You know, it's nothing, there's nothing that I've always said, there's never too many people you can help right in this industry. Cause I think everybody wants to get into shape and, and you're in the business of helping people. And so, um, now, Faye, just kind of curious here. I mean, I know you mentioned that in entirety, you've had like, I think over 3000 people on that roster on that list of, of, of potential clients there. I mean, how do you track the metrics of how long somebody's been with you? You know, um, if they're looking to cancel, if they're looking to start, like, how do you track those numbers? How do you know where somebody is on their journey? So we um, have a software provider, I'm sure you're familiar with MindBody. Um, we use mind body and we, we were initially as well, we're running or using, uh, fit metrics. Do you, have you heard of fit metrics? No, no, I've never heard of them. They deal more with, or they did deal more with the metric side. So uh, all the data from the cycling classes that would come through and then be passed on to clients at the end of their session or where we have the leaderboards with classes being run and a bit of healthy competition going on in the class, all of that data was coming through. Fit metrics 
um, mind-body actually acquired Fitmetrics some time ago, so they sort of incorporated the, the two together. But all of our, our, our data on our customer base um, is all there on, on um, MindBody. It's really sort of, there's lots of analytical tools that we can use to track where people are, where they are in their journey, if they haven't been for so long, if they're about to run out of credits, you know, so we keep our eyes on that and where more and more, there's lots of different ways that we can use our, with our marketing platform within MindBody enables us to sort of pull on different, um, different types of, of client or clients at different stages in the journey and push something out to them to sort of entice them back in if we haven't seen them for a while or if they're about to finish their, their credit pack, let them know so they can get a new, you know, that it's time to get a new one, give them a special offer. Um, but yeah, all of that data is that we use to track is, is within our software system. So we're quite lucky in that respect. Um, and we just keep an eye on that, review it. We have lots of automated, um, setups which will you know prompt if we've not seen someone for a few months that will try it it will send out an automatic email saying you know hi we miss you um love to have you back this is what's been going on um and and lots of those at various different points so that that's um yeah it's all there for us within my body yeah that's awesome that's awesome i think a lot of fitness professionals kind of lose sight of when it comes to tracking so the fact that you are tracking <laughs> at all is, is great in itself right yeah, um, it's very important because you know without that information you you don't know what's happening you can't keep a track on on you know why why clients are dropping off or you know i think obviously the 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 last few years is a bit different we all we all know why there's been a drop off but um just you know historically and moving forward and actually i'm i'm focusing even more now on on using that data to, to try and sort of see where we're at, bring new people in, because it's so important following um, the whole COVID setback that we now sort of look to the future and, and do what we can to, to keep things growing and keep things, yeah, moving forward. Yeah, 100% Faye. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so now can I ask a little bit of a longer winded question here and a good question in itself, right? Um, you know, if, 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 if what we've been, oh, I guess what we've been discussing throughout this entire podcast has been about three pillars of business here, right? And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Faye, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? <clears throat> I think maybe, well, do you know what? All three could always be improved. Um, you know, there's no, there's no one area there that I would say, you know, I look at and think, gosh, that's something we really need to sit down and look at. I mean, lead generation, I guess, if, if that, would, that would be one that would stand out slightly in that obviously you get that new sort of the, the leads in and, and you can convert those into paying customers. And, you know, at the moment, as I said, word of mouth is our, our biggest um, generator of, of clients. So if there wasn't some other ways that we could look to get that lead generation nailed, then that could potentially 
um, be the one that's, yeah, that we need to give a bit more thought to. Because once we've got those leads, I think we're quite good at, 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 at turning those into, you know, solid clients. And then once we've got our clients, you know, the actual our offering, our community, the different things that we provide, we try and keep things fresh. We're, we're pretty good at retaining clients once we've got them. So, yeah, so I'd say lead generation to answer that yeah. question. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency there, Faye. I think that's super important for the viewers, right? You can put the uh, the success to the side and still admit that you can improve in certain places. I think that's an eye opener for the viewers, really. So I, I want to say thank you for that, Faye. Um, and last two questions for you here, my two favorite questions. You know, Faye, what is the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? So long-term, I'd like to see the brand grow. I'm really passionate about our site brand and the offering and, and what we offer, what we do for our clients, how we to help them on their journeys and and I absolutely love that you know my in a previous life I was a, a corporate litigator in a law firm in the city so it's a real turnaround for me and that's that's what makes me happy making other people happy and bettering themselves um so my you know I want to see that brand grow I want to you know, ultimately, I'd like to see more psych studios popping up all over the country in the UK. Who knows? Maybe, maybe overseas too. Um, but that's that's really where I want to be. So we're just, you know, with the 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 last couple of years has sort of put a bit of a a stick in the works, if you like, with with those plans. But um, now we're coming out the other side. I'm absolutely raring to go. So watch this space. There we go. There we go. And one last question for you here, Faye. Um, you know, if you can go back in time here, Faye, to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? I think um, it would have to be something to do with um, the actual fit out of the space. <laughs> so when, when I was starting out, I... I, I didn't really, you know, I, I, I was, I'd been, I hadn't been in the industry. I'd been a big, you know, um, advocate of fitness and I'd always been going to the gym and, um, you know, and it was, it was a big career change for me. So when I was fitting out the gym, I wanted this boutique feel. I wanted it to all be like the most amazing everything to be perfect and amazing and as a result of that I think I lost sight a bit of you know functionality maybe and you know what what was actually needed and what wasn't necessarily needed and I just rushed in at the at the outset whereas you know now I think I could be a bit more considered so I think my advice would be to that would have been to myself to just take a step back and just think right hold on a minute what's really important here what what do what do we need you know what's important for our customers our clients what's you know um what's what are the, are the key things that we need you know an example of that which this one always gets me as i say we have a small studio space so um really we we have changing rooms outside of the studio and we have like space storage space for people to leave things in the studio however 
um, I thought it would be a great idea to get a bank of lockers in the studio. Amazing lockers. Each lock was like a, a really cool lock and um, they were quite expensive, but completely unnecessary because really they don't get used because everyone leaves their stuff in the changing room. So oh, little things like that. Yeah. You know, you live and learn and 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 i think that was it was a learning curve it was a it was a journey i needed to go on um to to be able to now sort of understand a bit better and and know how to how to um avoid those mistakes moving forward there we go fate what a great answer there way to wrap it up here it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out fate i mean please shout out your facebook instagram website anything you have where can people find out more about you and the gym yeah, absolutely. So the website's cyc-d.co.uk. We're on Insta, CYC Spot D. Um, and we're on Facebook. I think it's CYC-D on there as well. So yeah, do have a look, check us out, give us a like, give us a follow. And uh, if you're ever in Hazelmere in the UK, come and say hi. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Faye, uh, I'll let you know how you can get the podcast. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Amazing. Thanks, Sam. Awesome. So yeah, no problem. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us to talk about your fitness business, click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Kyle from Veritas Performance Training in Nashua, New Hampshire. What's up, Kyle? How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. All righty. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the background story there? Uh, through, through my whole life, I had always like gone to the gym and used it as training, you know, at a younger age. And then I got... Um, I got certified as a strength coach, got into the field and then realized that it was something that I wanted to do every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I opened up a space and went to work every day, pretty much about eight years ago. Got it. And it's been that way ever since. 
Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different as you get older, you know, that was, uh, that was in my twenties. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, at that time in my life, I was also like still a competitive athlete and this and that. So it was a nice mix of being able to, you know, work in the industry, utilize what you needed from it. And then your day job was at a gym. So I didn't have to go anywhere to train. So that was also nice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And what does your business model look like currently? How do you structure things within your facility? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones, kind of walk us through the layout there? Yeah, I would say, so for us, we do almost 100% semi-private training. Okay. We will, we will utilize private training, but most of the time, private training is our filter into a semi-private option. And then inside that option, we either... We either structure custom programming, so for each individual, or once they've reached a point where they have commonalities with other one of other clients that have similar goals, similar restriction stuff, we can group them together and then we can offer a reduced price because then they can do kind of like a grouped program, but they don't have to come in at the same time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how many clients or members are you currently serving? Right now we're quieter. We're probably on the 30 to 40 side. We just sent off about 30 athletes as of the end of August. So we get really busy in the summer. Um, and then we get a little quiet in September. September is always a quiet month. Like the kids mm-hmm. go back, the school schedule changed. So some of our adults just kind of hold off for September and come back in November. But um, right now is like when we get a good chance to kind of recoup after the summer and, uh, and get some desk work done. Yeah. Okay. So you do athletic training and then also general population training as well. Yep. Got it. Okay. And how do you structure your memberships? Do you do monthly memberships? Do you do training packages? How does that work? So most of the time, because we're running a small, it's myself and two other coaches and the two other coaches work just a few hours a week. Um, so I, I try to structure everything on a membership base because we can automate that process and then I don't have to pay anyone for it and it's done. You just, you sign up, it gets automatically billed. If you want to stop, you stop, you know, you let us know and we just stop it. Um, so as far as how the structure works is that the you know, you'll pay more if you're coming in five days a week versus if you're coming in two. Um, but then we try to align everyone's pay cycle to be on a bi-weekly rotation or every four weeks. Um, it, the bi-weekly is better for, for me. What I found, um, I used to do monthly, but some months that were short, it was good. And then some months that it was long, it got a little tough. But when I moved to bi-weekly, my cash flow got consistent throughout the year. Like I was always going to get cash in every two weeks. Um, and then essentially whether you're doing private training or you're doing a custom programming, that's kind of where your price points change. Right. Right. Okay. And are you at a point right now where you are looking to add to the membership and grow? Um, I think given what most of our, as far as for adding to the membership, I'd always look to grow. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say for right now, our, most of our, most of our clients are going to be in that like 
three day kind of a week program. It's in the summers when we see the athletes that they'll go either every day or most of them do a four day split. Um, so for most of our clientele that we seem that we get um, currently, they're about three to four days a week. So I don't know if they would push, they would push more than that. Um, but most of them, most of them have been pretty happy on a three day a week split for oh, some of them have been doing that since I opened. Okay. All right. So as far as marketing, advertising goes, getting the word out there about what it is that you do, how do you approach that? So I've tried it different ways throughout my career as a business owner. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried doing, uh, you know, like paid ads and working on that avenue and even, um, you know, advertising with Yelp and stuff like that or other, other platforms. Um, and they, they got us some exposure, but it, the, the, sometimes the market or the client that they got us wasn't exactly our ideal client. Like if I were to just like blueprint who I currently train and what they like and how they like to train. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of what I've done has pulled away from that. And I've more networked with, we have a local physical therapist, a local chiropractor that we work very closely with. Um, so the word of mouth there, but then also our current clientele. Um, we offer a, a referral program where we don't limit your um, the amount of referrals you can you can give us. So, for instance, if someone refers us, um, they get ten percent off their membership, and then if they refer another person, they now get another ten percent off the original price. So they could get to the point where they refer five to six people in our training at a pennies, um, you know. So that helps. Um, the other thing that. Um, that works is just we have we have a good clean website and we try to stay active with updating our website so that when people search for us we pop up and we generally mm -hmm. get a good trickle effect of of clientele that come in it's not a high volume but it does appear to be um, a good fit like those ones who contact us through the website are generally going to end up you know coming in and working with us for a while mm -hmm. Okay, so are you at a point where you're satisfied with the amount of people that are coming in the doors within the forms of advertising that you're currently using? Um, we could definitely, yes and no, because during, our, during the summer, if you said, could you take more people? I'd say, no, I can't. I have, right. you know, there's, I think this summer, every three to four weeks, I was writing about 40 programs. So it's hard to evaluate and keep track of everyone on that avenue. Um, when we get quieter, I would say yes. You know, like during, during September, October, um, we start to pick back up in November. Um, those times that the staff and myself um, have more availability. But the nice part is when we're a little quieter and we do get a, a client in, we really feel like we can deliver a pretty solid product. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of us being pulled 5 million different ways. So sometimes we will have some people who are trying to start at the end of summer and we'll ask them just to book one week later. Cause then we know we have more quality for you. So I think, um, I think, you know, 
sometimes we get a little slow on, on our referrals or, or people coming in, but then it usually picks up the next month. And that's just kind of this tends to be like the ebb and flow of things for us or for, for me and my business, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, do you think you would benefit from a more consistent, reliable flow of leads coming in the doors? Um, I, I, I would assume yes, because it, you know, the more leads you have, the more potential clients you can get. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's sometimes it's just the quality of leads. For example, I had, I had paid what I thought was a pretty good chunk of change to hand over to marketing. And we did get like a good chunk of leads, but I'd say, I think only like 2% of them worked out. Like it mm -hmm. really wasn't, it wasn't ideal. So, um, we, we, we definitely, uh, our market, our biggest marketing is mostly that we, we put everything we have into our clients and know that they're out there, walk, they're out there walking around and they are our billboards. So our older adults who are healthy, move well, and can enjoy activities, you know, they bring in other friends, you know, and then our athletes who do well and, you know, stay injury free and perform and come back, they end up bringing a friend, you know, the next year and so forth. So, um, I think, I think yes, yes and no. I think yes and no. Mm -hmm. question. Yeah. And I asked that specifically because there are so many gym owners who get into a position where they rely solely on word of mouth and referrals, which they're great. They're just not consistent or reliable. No, and, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're really looking to grow and get more people in the doors, it's just challenging when you can't track it. Right. And on the flip side of that, it's like a lot of times gym owners get turned off by paid advertising because they try it. And like you said, maybe doesn't get the right people in the doors or they spend too much money and don't get a return on investment there. Um, so there definitely are key factors that come into play when we talk about paid advertising as far as targeting and getting a return on ad spend and, you know, making sure things are set up properly so that we do get a return on investment there, uh, but it can be a huge game changer within the business because there are always people in your area that are looking for what you offer that just don't know that you're there. Correct. Yep. No, so, I, I think you make, you make a good point for, for me as a business owner, it's all about ROI. Mm -hmm. Like I understand that if I buy a piece of equipment, that's what we use. That's how, how long is it going to last and so forth. But when you hire someone for marketing, in, I'm in the expectation that that dollar amount invested is going to help return X amount of money back in the long run and more. And right. I think sometimes that's the hard part because you shell out or pay, pay the money. The initial result may be either wrong demographic, like totally wrong demographic, but we got a lot of numbers. And in which case you, it's hard for you as a business owner to say, okay, well, let me let me shell out another check and we'll try again. Yeah. Uh, and I know that it does take time to dial it in. Um, we, you know, and I, I agree with you. I think that's the hard part for us as, as, um, as a service where we're small is we always just focused on, you know, what is making us money and it's the product and it's us as coaches, making sure that we can deliver what people are asking us from. But like you said, people don't know about it. So um, that's the biggest thing is getting exposure on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just reaching the right people in a way that makes sense. Um, 
you know, and making sure you're getting three to one or five to one returns on ad spent, you know, otherwise it doesn't make sense, right? Um, and there are so many companies out there that promise you X amount of leads, right? And it's like, that doesn't mean that they're quality leads and that doesn't mean that they're actually walking in the doors either. So a lot of times uh, it kind of muddies the water a little bit there and, and gives the paid advertising game kind of a bad rap. Um, but, you know, if you can figure it out and really nail it down, then it can be huge as far as growth goes within oh, yeah. the business. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now where are you focusing most of your time and attention within the business right now? Um, most of my time and attention is spent on making sure that the staff is adequate or is coaching well, is programming well, addressing the clientele needs. Um and then um, I, I kind of I do our I, I do our website like updating blog posts and our newsletter and stuff like that. So most of my time spent there. And then my wife and I recently had um, our, da our, our daughter. So I've had to I have a little more flexibility in the family side of things compared to my wife. So I've actually been juggling juggling more of you know the dad hat and a business owner hat. So I can say that in the years past when the business was my sole focus and I had nothing else to um, focus on that right now, currently at my um, point of life, it's like, I want to make sure that if I walk away for a half a day or I walk away for a day that the staff feels that they are appreciated and know confidently know what to do and that they are communicating clearly to me on what they're seeing and what and how we can continue to keep our product at a high level mm -hmm. um so that's been my biggest focus the past the past year because i've had to rely on them even more you know there'll be sometimes where you know, I can't, I can't come in and they have to run the show for the day because I have to watch my daughter or I come in with her, but it's not fair to the clients to, um, I mean, they love her, you know, she's like the little mascot of the gym, but, um, you know, I can't, I can't professionally coach while watching my, my child. So, right. um, so I think for me right now is just making sure that the business runs smoothly, that my staff, if they have any questions, like, um, I can, I can get those answered and that we're, even if I'm not in the gym, I'm still strongly in the loop of information and being able to provide um, uh, decision-making for them or, or right. with, you know, so yeah. that's been my biggest goal. Right. Absolutely. And that can be challenging. You know, it can be challenging not having a family and trying to delegate tasks and yeah. step out of the business a little bit so that you can focus on other things, you know, whether that be family, whether that be other businesses, growth of the business, whatever it might be. Um, but it is very challenging to be able to step back in any way from the business because typically, you know, you've grown the business from nothing to where it is today. And it's hard to let go of the control of <laughs> some of those tasks. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say the first, I'd say the first close to five years in business, you just have to accept that you don't turn it off. And then I went through a transition where if I did get free time and like an email popped up or someone called me, I'd, I'd get annoyed. Um, and now, now I just, you know, if I have free time and someone calls me, I'm going to take the call because it's probably less work than having to remember to call them later when I start working again. So right. 
think you kind of go through different shades as an owner of just going, nope, I, you know, five minutes of work right now saves me, you know, from having to remember to then schedule to then go here. Sure. Um, and, and I think you're able to just kind of, you know, set it aside when you need to, you know, the, mm-hmm. definitely there are times where I'm like, okay, you know, today's a family day. My, you know, my phone is on do not disturb or, you know, something like that. I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, when you can step away and come back, it gives you a fresher look and, mm-hmm. and you, you get different eyes um, on it. And, and uh, I think that's always a good thing. Yes. Yes. Definitely agree there. Now, what is your big picture goal for the gym, for the business overall? Ideally, where would you like to see the gym within six months, within a year? Where are you looking to take it big picture? Big picture, I think we constantly are just looking to develop a stronger product. Um, you know, we've we've had a really high amount of success with our athletes and our adults, and I think that's what helps us stand out. Um, you know, um, as far as for against our competitors locally, um, but I think over the next six months, um, when we are a little quieter right now, our focus is to make sure what we review what worked, um, what we could do better, um, you know, and, and new modalities or, or maybe modalities that we haven't, um, don't have much experience with. I mean, our biggest, my biggest thing is I don't, you don't get your time back. So if we have a young athlete in who has an opportunity to either play in college or get an education or just wants to play in high school, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to regret not helping them, you know, and it goes both ways, right. They have to work, but um, right. I want to make sure that the approach we take is, is a blend of, of, you know, how scientifically we can manage it and what works, but also the art and the feel as a coach, because everybody's different, you know, how you coach one athlete can be totally different than the other, just based off of how they respond to your coaching feedback and, and program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think long-term, I would just like to, I would like to keep putting out a substantial product that brings in more, more and more work of people going, you know, this is, this is a great place. They really kind of sit down and make sure I'm on top of what needs to be done for me. Um, you know, and, and, and then just, just continue to grow that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, making sure that the product is the the best around and getting results for your athletes results for your adult clients as well. I mean, that, that does a lot of speaking for itself, right. As far as growth goes. And personally, I feel like, so it's also hard. Like we, I'm not, you know, the, the semi-private setting is nice. I like it because um, we can have a lot of programs running at once. So it can be a little chaotic, but for the most part, we try to stagger our programs when they start so that we don't have 35 people needing, you know, assistance right now in the same hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the fact that there's more diversity going on. There's a little more challenge to the coach. Um, but, you know, as far as for, I mean, on a business side of things, if I could just put 30 people into a group and have a trainer work with them for an hour, it, it, it's more lucrative on that end. Um, so, right. It's, it's kind of, this is a choice by preference. And when, when you get a kid who comes in, who, you know, now is either more confident or coming in and playing, um, you know, for JV when they thought they were going to play for freshmen 
Um, or you have somebody who just sends you a message back saying, you know, I really appreciate all the work. I, I feel like those components are what you can't value specifically on revenue. You know, those are like the good feeling coach coaching pieces that kind of tell you, okay, you know, this is, this is totally worth it. It gives me like the goosebumps a little bit. And like that happy feeling that you get rewarded from helping, you know, you know, people. Right. Absolutely. And the two feed each other as far as oh, yeah. revenue goes, you know, yeah. it's like the more yeah. of that you do, the more money you naturally make. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, typically the more you make, the more people you can help as well. So they, they both feed each other. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge. At the end of the day, that's pretty much what it's all about. Right. It's like, that's the reason why you started in the first place. And, um, that's the best part. This it's so rewarding to see somebody change, whether it be, you know, more confidence or just a better mental state from getting in and getting that release or, um, weight loss or extra strength, endurance, whatever it is, it can really, really impact people at such a, a higher level more than just surface yeah. level. So yeah, that's no, huge. For sure. Yeah. All right. So now one thing that I like to ask every gym owner that I speak with is what is one of the most important things or lessons that you have learned throughout your time in ownership? Um, so some of the bigger lessons that I've learned is I think you have to identify yourself as a business owner. And I think identifying myself as I was a strength coach who wanted the freedom in life to be able to, um, you know, be a strength coach, provide for myself, but then have the flexibility in life to either train my sport um, or train or, you know, or work on the business. So I think that was like good for me to set up when I had a bit like I, my business mentor, you know, that was like one of the first questions. Um, yeah. The other, the other option is, is if you're creating a business and it's 100% about revenue and this, you know, that's the goal is just how much revenue can I make? You know, that's a different model, you know? Um, so I think the biggest lessons I've learned is, you know, just identify your model and you don't have to be stuck in one, you know, like you could, you could, uh, you know, if lifestyle is what you like, and then, you know, you realize, oh, now I want to focus on revenue. It's totally fine. Or maybe you try revenue and you realize, yeah, you know, I like, I like more of the balance of, of uh, a lifestyle um, business. So I think that was really good. And then I, I also think that deep down for, uh, for a coach is, is someone who's here to help. Right. And sometimes in the past, um, you know, we would get individuals to come in and that would need help and, and they would also want, you know, need a discount or something like that, or need to do something like that along those lines. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not one against helping now in the future, but I no longer discount anything of my services. And I mm -hmm. think that was the biggest mistake as I, as I went on, I had, I had most of those barters or discounts not really work to the best of my advantage or, or to, or, or for the business. Um, I did have some, um, and I think, I think that's the biggest thing is that you want to help, but I don't think that that's helping your business by discounting what you offer. And, you know, uh, that would be something that I would definitely say that, you know, in those cases, it's okay to feel bad, but if those individuals, really wanted it that bad they would either 
you know, not go out to dinner so much or not go out, you know, they would find a way. I mean, I always, you know, I always did. If you wanted something, you found a way to make it happen. Um, and, um, I think that would, though, that would be a big thing. Just, just stick to your service. Know that this is what you do. Don't try to change it. If somebody says, well, you know, I want to do group stuff. So what if I bring in, you know, this and do a group with three of my friends and say, no, that's not the model, you know, get your model and be okay with trying to, would be okay with saying no. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's good. And and also the last one I would say is um, over the, what has it been? Yeah. About eight years. um, Sometimes you will work with an individual or certain individuals and the the energy just is not going to happen. And I think that in the past, I had just kind of like, just done my best to keep going, keep going, make sure it happened, keep working. And to be realistic, that, that one person or that, that, that energy source might just be so much of a drain that it's taking away from your whole business. And oh, it's okay. As hard as it is, because you don't want to be mean but it's okay to tell somebody, Hey, this, this just isn't the right service for you. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy to have helped you. I'm happy that we got to work together, but I, I do have to st- uh, stick by what my, my gut and my personal feelings are just to say that this isn't a fit. Um, so I think those things were the biggest things that I definitely didn't do, um, you know, in my earlier years. Right. Yeah. Really, really good points there. One being that, you know, you're running a business at the end of the day. And a lot of times, like you said, people come into businesses within the fitness industry because they love fitness. They love training people. They want the freedom of owning their own business, but don't always necessarily look at it as a business. And there are so many things that come up along the way that you just didn't expect or you didn't know about. And it can be challenging in the beginning to kind of navigate through all of that stuff. So, you know, going into it, realizing, Hey, this is a business. I'm going to have to focus on that side of things as well is important because otherwise you kind of get blindsided and caught up in a lot of times somewhat of a negative situation in the beginning, trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And then it's Um, almost like it, it'll snowball and you're trying to figure out how to say it. You're, but you have emotion tied to it and you don't want to know it. It just gets sticky. Yes, absolutely. And that's another good point, actually, you know, keeping the emotion out of it. That's one of the most challenging things about running a business is not making decisions based on emotion. Yeah. I always say empty the glass, just it's okay. Let the emotions come in, but don't decide to make any decision while you're emotional. Right. Try to empty the glass and, you know, write down what, why are you emotional? Why are you upset? Get the emotions out, review what, what you were upset about, and then be able to clearly kind of communicate it out and don't rush it. Like you can't put it off for like months. Like that's just, that's just like, right. oh, okay, I'll, be, I'll be passive about it. It'll clear itself up. Um, but sometimes it really does take a few weeks for you to realize how you have to communicate your feelings and towards others. And also in a way that, you know, that they're going to understand. So some mm-hmm. one of the things, Oh, I should say this is that um, if you do have staff, cause I, I've never, I've never, I didn't go to school to be a business in business. You know mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't, that's not my background. Um, but one of the things that helped me a lot was having my staff take a personality test. And so it gives you, um, 
it gives you at least a background of like what their personality is like and how they like to think mm-hmm. and that was worth its weight in gold because there will be times where you're not getting along, but it's not because you don't like each other. It's really just because someone doesn't see something and you don't see something. And then both of you are frustrated because you're not talking correctly. And then, you know, those things, once you figure it out, they might take a week or two before you can come up with it. And sometimes it's completely organic. I've sat and said, Oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta figure this out. And then all of a sudden a discussion comes up and it just comes out and it comes out because it was coming from your heart and you know where you're trying to say and it works. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a big thing. Yeah. Communication is huge and it's really hard to, speaking of staff, manage people. That's another (laughs) side of things. That's very challenging. It's definitely, Um, you know, people have, like you said, like their own ways of communicating and their own ways of receiving information and perception is reality. Right. And it's really hard sometimes to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand exactly what they're seeing and where they're coming from without initially just kind of passing a judgment and taking action based on that. Right. Sometimes you have to take a step back and look at the big picture. And and that can be challenging, especially when you're just trying to run a business. Right. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing, too, is it's sometimes it's same thing with the emotion side. You, when someone gives you feedback, you got to swallow it and realize, you know, that that feedback is to help grow you, you know, and even though it could, you know, it's coming from your staff, they're trying to say, Hey, you know, this is how I I will learn better. Hey, when you communicate this way, you think it's clear because it's coming out of your head, but it's, it's not clear. And that's perfectly, you know, learning how to do that is a big, is a big step, you know? Yes. So absolutely. It is. It's hard to take feedback like that in the beginning, especially because your ego kind of gets involved. Right. And it makes it challenging to take that feedback and implement it without getting the emotion side involved. So and it's so clear to you because it's in your head. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes Mm -hmm. when someone gives you feedback, you're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) But you have to you have to then, you know, clear out and go, okay, they're trying to say that you can, they can learn better if you, you know, explain this like this or, or so forth. So, right. I think, but as tough as those are the hurdles of business, if you like the challenges of things and like constantly like to challenge yourself, like, you know, I I think these are good growing opportunities as an individual, you know, whether you're, whether you're work for a business or you're a business owner, you you know, Mm -hmm. these are things that you can do to improve yourself and your skill set. Definitely. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? We have an Instagram account. So Veritas performance training, you can type that in. Um, our logo is just a big white V so you can't miss it. Um, we also have a Facebook page. And then we keep our website pretty current with any type of um, new blog posts or anything like that. Perfect. All righty. So Kyle from Veritas Performance Training in Nashua, New Hampshire. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.